Welcome, sports fans. You have entered the man cave of the one and only Fan Man, broadcasting from his lazy boy recliner somewhere in the Vale of Paradise known as Valparaiso, Indiana. Hey sports fans, welcome to the Fan Man Podcast. You can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and most other platforms. Okay, this episode, it's going to be one of my favorite episodes. We're going to be talking about college football. And I'm going to walk through each conference and tell you who's going to win each conference and the divisions in each conference and tell you who's going to the bowl games from each conference. And I'm going to make some predictions along the way. So we're going to go through the conferences of college football. And what I'm not going to talk about today, just so you know, right from the beginning is Notre Dame because I'm going to have a special podcast just on the Notre Dame season. Not because they're that special. It's just that they're an independent, right? So I'm just going to give a little bit of time to Notre Dame and that'll probably be the episode right after this one. So Without further ado, let's talk about um, college football and what's on the horizon this year in college football. And the first conference that we're going to talk about is the Atlantic Coast Conference, better known as the ACC. So let's start out the ACC with the ACC Atlantic Division. And my projected winner for the ACC Atlantic Division uh, division. Okay, so let's talk about them. Who's going to win the ACC Atlantic? And of course, we all know who it's going to be. It's going to be the Clemson Tigers. Coach Dabo Sweeney, record at Clemson's 140 and 33 uh, losses in his 12 plus years. Clemson's going to have a, a little bit of a different look uh, in in 2021 because, as we know, Trevor Lawrence. And Travis Etienne are now in the NFL. But the expectations in Clemson are always high. And once again, the expectation is that Clemson will be back to the national championship again in 2021. Last year, interesting season. Uh, they were 10-2. and two. They were 8-1 and one in the ACC. Um, losing to Notre Dame. This was a game at Notre Dame. They ended up losing that game 47-40. of 40. Um, Trevor Lawrence did not play in that game. Uh, they also lost to Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl, part of the college football playoff, by the score of 49-28. to 28. So they're somewhat stinging from that, right? But when you look at the 2021 schedule for Clemson, they open up on September 4th against the Georgia Bulldogs in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I think if they get by that one, they have a very good shot of going undefeated the rest of the way. And the likelihood of that happening will be known right after that Georgia game uh, on September 4th. And, um, you know, what can you say about this team? They are, you know, just always in contention. Always in contention, Clemson, right? New quarterback this year. DJ Uwe Ungagale. Man, that is a tough name. I might have just missed it a little bit there, but uh, I'm going to start calling him DJ the rest of the way. So real solid, real solid quarterback. 
and uh, has the arm strength, poise, and football IQ to join uh, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence as one of the all-time greats at Clemson. I know that's a lot to say already, but I do believe that, right? Also, um, some other key uh, Clemson guys coming back is that James Skalski, the linebacker, who's really the heart and soul of the Clemson defense, physical linebacker who is always around the ball, and uh, Miles Murphy, a defensive end, great pass rusher for Clemson, led Clemson last year with 12 tackles uh, for a loss, and um, just just an all-around fantastic player. Maybe the question for Clemson is whether that offensive line has improved and can it hold up against some of the elite defensive fronts um, that they're going to face, and primarily in the in the college football playoff, I believe. And also another question is, can the secondary bounce back from a rough showing against Ohio State in the playoffs where Ohio State scored 49 points? Dabo Sweeney, you know, has just built a monster of a program at Clemson, one that should continue to compete for titles, even after losing two of the best players in program history, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. So I have Clemson winning the ACC Atlantic, um, and I got them going undefeated in the ACC, right? Got them going undefeated in the ACC. And when you look at the ACC uh, Atlantic Division, you say to yourself, who's, you know, you got Clemson as the top dog. Who do you have next, second, third, fourth, and so on? And it really is a dogfight. I mean, any one of the teams in the Atlantic uh, Division of the ACC could end up uh, be, being in second place, you know, right behind Clemson. You've got North Carolina State, you know, the Wolfpack, pretty solid team. You know, third, I got Boston Co Boston College Eagles. Um, both of them I got, you know, and then after that, I got Florida State, number four, fourth place. Number five, I got Louisville. Number six, I have the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. And number seven, I have Syracuse. But really, when I look at this, I have North Carolina State, Boston College, Florida State, and Louisville just beating each other up. And they all might have like 500 records or so uh, in the conference. And then after that, a step below that group, I've got uh, the Wake Forest uh, Demon Deacons. And then below that, in last place, uh, is the Syracuse Orange. And it's going to be a long year, I think, for Dino Babers and the Orange. Um, I have them uh, trailing the rest of the teams in the Atlantic, in Atlantic Division. But when I look at the Atlantic Division, of course, you got Clemson. Like I said, you got the next group, North Carolina State, Boston College, Florida State, Louisville. And then you have Wake Forest, and below that, you have Syracuse. But when you look at it, I've got everybody in that Atlantic Division going to a bowl game except the Orange. No bowl games for the Orange uh, this year. I've got uh, North Carolina, uh, North Carolina State going to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Boston College to the Fenway Bowl, et cetera, et cetera, but nothing uh, for the Syracuse Orange. They're going to be left out of the cold, the only team in the Atlantic Division of the ACC not to get a bowl game. And that says a lot about the Atlantic Division, that everybody, Atlantic Division, the ACC, everybody's getting a bowl game except Syracuse. But as you know, we are not done. We are not done with the uh, ACC because there is a coastal conference in the uh, ACC and who wins 
this year's ACC Coastal Conference. And I have the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yes, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Coached by Mac Brown, who's 84 and 56, 12 years um, coaching North Carolina. And um, UNC capped last season by playing in the Orange Bowl, its first major bowl game since 1950. And although that game was a 41 to 27 loss to the Texas A&M Aggies, you know, it did not detract uh, from a great North Carolina season. North Carolina returns 21 of 22 players who starred in that Orange Bowl, including the star quarterback and Heisman hopeful Sam Howell. And uh, Sam Howell is a good one. Sam Howell earned second-team All-ACC honors after leading the ACC in touchdown passes and passing efficiency. So last year, North Carolina was 8-4 and four and 7-3 and three in the Atlantic Coast Conference with losses uh, at Florida State, 31-28, lost at Virginia, 41-44, both close games, and then got trounced by Notre Dame, on November 27, 31-17, and then lost in the Orange Bowl to Texas A&M, 41-27. Uh, so looking at the schedule for this year, um, they open up with a toughie right from the beginning, September 3rd at Virginia Tech. That's going to be a tough one. Then they're at Notre Dame on October 30th and at Pittsburgh. Sometimes that's difficult, going to Pittsburgh in November. So that's going to be a tough one uh, on November on November 11th. So um, we'll see what happens with North Carolina. You know, on defense, uh, Tamon Fox is there, the linebacker. He led the team in tackles uh, for a loss and sacks last season and tied for the team lead in quarterback uh, hurries. And this season for North Carolina figures to be the last one with Howell as the quarterback. He's projected, you know, to be a top pick in the 2022 draft. One of the top picks, top five pick, kind of depends on how he does this year. And, um, you know, they got to keep him healthy. And um, the defense has to improve in North Carolina for them to win the uh, Coastal uh, Division in the ACC. This team has six league games, including five within the division in the season's first seven weeks, right? So we're going to know a lot about this team. Like I said, on September 3rd at Virginia Tech, then they played then they played Georgia Tech, Virginia, then Georgia Tech again, Duke, Florida State, the Miami Hurricane, right? All, all in the beginning of the year. So we're going to find out exactly uh, what's going on with North Carolina. But um, I have North Carolina winning the ACC Coastal Conference, and um, – I've got them losing a couple games. You know, they got three real tough games, I think. That's at Virginia Tech, at Notre Dame, and at Pittsburgh. But the two in the ACC are tough is at Virginia Tech, opening up the season, and then um, on November 11th at Pittsburgh. So when I look at the ACC Coastal Conference, again, I have North Carolina 1, and then number 2, I got the Miami Hurricanes, and they're going to be tough. Uh, I got them in second. Then I got the Virginia Tech Hokies in third, the Pittsburgh Panthers in fourth, the Virginia Cavaliers fifth, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets sixth, and rounding it out in last place are the Dukey Blue Devils, right? So, but I think at the top, it's a three-team uh, race for the Coastal Conference with North Carolina, Miami, and Virginia Tech. 
And basically, I have it going to North Carolina primarily because of uh, Howell, the sensational quarterback there. I think he's going to get it done, and I think he's going to get them um, going um, going to the um, ACC championship game against Clemson. And of course, I have to pick Clemson over North Carolina in the um, ACC championship game. But just touching on the Coastal, again, I've got five teams going to bowl games in the Coastal. North Carolina, Miami, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, and Virginia. So out of 14 teams in the ACC, I only have three teams not going to a bowl game in that conference, and that's Syracuse, Georgia Tech, and Duke. And like I said earlier, if I didn't say it, and I thought I did, but I've got Clemson going to the College Football Playoff Championship. All right, so now we're going next to the American Athletic Conference, better known as the AAC. And in this conference, there is only one division in this conference, right? So I'm going to give you the winner right now, and that is the Cincinnati Bearcats. So let's take a look at those Cincinnati Bearcats and... Um, Real exciting team, and I'm really excited this year for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Coached by Luke Fickle. He's 35-14 and 14 in four seasons with the Bearcats. And um, last year, great, great season for them. They were 6-0 and in the AAC Conference, and they were 9-1 and um, on the season, losing the Peach Bowl to Georgia by the score of 24-21. to And if you remember that game, on January 1st, Cincinnati really had a chance uh, to win that game. Um, they had a tough time with Tulsa in the uh, AAC championship game, winning that one 27 to 24. But along the way, you know, again, 9 and 1, 6 and 0 in the AAC. Their only loss was to Georgia. You know, when you lose to Georgia, you really can't hang your head that much if you're a Cincinnati program. But I know high, the ex expectations are completely high this season, right? So when we look at the schedule, there's a couple tough games on the Cincinnati schedule. On October 2nd, in particular, they are going to South Bend to play Notre Dame. So that's going to be a tough one on October 2nd. And it's always a tough game when you play UCF. That one's, in, uh, that one's at home on October 16th. So that's a, those are the real tough ones. And um, that Notre Dame game, I can tell you this, somehow if Cincinnati can pull off that win at Notre Dame, that is... Really big time for them. Their quarterback, Desmond, uh, Desmond, De uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, his decision to return for another season in the Queen City is the biggest storyline uh, for the Bearcats offense. So watch out for him. On the defensive side of the ball, Cincinnati's defense was one of the, one of the best in the entire country finishing third in passing efficiency, eighth in scoring defense, 13th in total defense, and tied for third in interceptions with 16. And um, a lot of players are coming back for Cincinnati. And this 2020 uh, Bearcat team from, from um, this year, right, going into this season, you know, and last season, they just pushed themselves almost into the college football playoff conversation last year, but this year I think they are in the conversation and it, it's not going to be any different. I, you know, with this game at Indiana and I'm calling 
calling for them beating Indiana on September 18th. But I think the tough one, again, is going to be that Notre Dame game on October 2nd. But Cincinnati has the opportunity to grab two marquee wins if they beat IU and they beat Notre Dame that have always eluded other non-Power 5 conference programs. And if they can beat Notre Dame and Indiana and then run the table the rest of the way, they are definitely in that playoff uh, conversation. And the Bearcats could be the first group of five team to crack the four-team playoff. So yes, I have the Cincinnati Bearcats going 11-2, 7-1 in the AAC, and winning the AAC conference. And I have them playing against UCF in the championship game. I got UCF second. I have them beating UCF, but I have UCF uh, second. Um, after that, I got Houston third, Tulsa fourth. The Golden Hurricane, Tulsa, they're going to have a good season. SMU Mustangs are fifth. The Tulane Green Wave, I have sixth. The Memphis Tigers, seventh. East Carolina Pirates, eighth. The Navy Midshipmen, ninth. UCF Bulls, tenth. And lastly, the 11th team in the ACC, I have the Temple Owls in last place. Now, in terms of bowl games, um, I think Cincinnati, of course, is going to go to a bowl game. We don't know if they're going to go to a... Um, a championship game. Um, I have them not going to the college football playoff championship game because I just think they're going to get rooked. I really do. Um, probably going to drop that game to Notre Dame as much as they need it and as much as I think it's going to be a great game. Probably going to drop that one to Notre Dame and then um, they're going to be, you know, it's going to be tough for them to get into the playoffs. But I got them going to the Fiesta Bowl and that's certainly nothing to hang your hat on. I got UCF going to a bowl game. I got Houston going to the bowl. I got Tulsa going. I've got Tulane and I got I've got Memphis, and the teams I don't have going to bowl games are East Carolina Navy, USF, and Temple. Okay, so now it's time to turn our attention to the Big 12 and who is going to win the Big 12. And uh, it's going to be an interesting year in the Big 12, right? My top team in the Big 12 is the Oklahoma Sooners. Why not, right? Why not the Oklahoma Sooners? I have them winning the Big the Big 12. And um, coached by Lincoln Riley, 45-8 and eight record. And what an outstanding coach he is. 45-8 and eight in four seasons uh, at Oklahoma. And uh, looking at Oklahoma last year, their record was 9-2. and two. They were 6-2 and two in the Big 12. And um, actually, they were 1-3 after their first three games. Spencer Rattler, uh, their quarterback and Heisman Trophy uh, candidate, came out a little cold early in the season. So they ended up beating Missouri State 48 to nothing, but then they came back and lost to Kansas State 38 to 35, and then dropped a, a, a one right after that at Iowa State, which is not an easy team to play, nor playing them at Ohio, Iowa State. But they lost that one 37 to 30. But then after that, they went on a complete roll after that, right? So and culminating with them um, winning the Cotton Bowl Classic over Florida 55-20. to 20. So they are really looking forward to a big year, um, the Oklahoma Sooners. And Oklahoma's run of three consecutive college football playoff appearances ended in 2020. But still, the Sooners are on a run entering into the 2021 season, having won eight straight. 
the second longest streak in the country, including another big title 12 game uh, win. And, um, you know, that was that was over Iowa State 27 to 21 and in Arlington, Texas. So they won the big 12 and, uh, you know, they lost that. They, uh, I'm sorry, they won that Cotton Bowl game, but they lost out on an opportunity to get to the college uh, football playoff. But maybe this year will be different for them. Um, again, just all around, you know, talent all around on both sides of the ball. Spencer Rattler, their quarterback, um, like I said, a few sluggish moments early in the season, but he grew as the season, you know, went. And um, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. There's no question about that. Also, look out for Nick Benito on defense. He's the leader. Um, he, you know, we thought he was going to go to the NFL, but he opted to return, restoring a pass rushing uh, demon uh, for the Sooners defense. And Marvin Mims, what a receiver he has. While not, you know, starting last year, Mims emerged as a top receiver and now should should be dazzling everybody in the Big Twelve. And quite frankly, he he's even a Heisman Trophy candidate. But they usually give it uh, to the quarterback. Uh, when the receiver is fantastic too, right? So, again, in the final, you know, the final discussion here, they had two losses early last year, um, but that's probably not going to happen this year. When I look at their schedule, this year they got they're at Tulane, then they're Western Carolina and Nebraska. I don't, I don't expect them to lose out early. They're going to have a tough game on October 9th versus Texas. It's always a tough game. It's always that big rivalry game against Texas. And uh, the rest of the schedule, you know, it's a Big 12 schedule. Obviously, they're playing all the all the teams in the all the teams in their big in the Big 12 conference that they have to beat. But this is a dominating team. You know, they they dominated the uh, Big 12 with 14 league championships since 2000. And if Rattler continues to improve and continues to be a playmaker and develops and even you know further, and everybody else is you know helping him out on the offense. And the Sooners' defense, which I think is, you know, going to be even be better this year. And, you know, there's not much defense in the Big 12. But Oklahoma always seems to have the better defense in the Big 12. Maybe Iowa State, you know, a close second there. But I think this is Oklahoma's uh, division, the Big 12. I think they're going to win the, the conference. The, they only have one division. They're going to win the conference. And I got them going, um, you know, 8-1 and one in the Big 12 with maybe one loss. But that'll still get them to that championship game. And I got Oklahoma... Uh, winning the Big 12. What's my outlook for the rest of the Big 12? Well, I got Iowa State in second with a 10-3 and record. Then I got the Longhorns from Texas in third. Then I have the T.C. Horn Frogs in fourth. The Oklahoma State Cowboys in fifth. The West Virginia Mountaineers in sixth. Kansas State Wildcats seven. The Baylor Bears eight. The Texas Tech Red Raiders ninth. And Finishing it out um, is the Kansas Jayhawks, which will be lucky if they win one game uh, in the Big 12 this year. But in terms of who's going to bowls, it's Oklahoma. I got them going to the Cows football playoff game. Look out for Iowa State. They're going to have a sensational season. I got them going to the Sugar Bowl. I got Texas bowling. I got TCU bowling. I got Oklahoma State bowling. I've got, you know, West Virginia bowling. I've got Kansas State bowling, right? So, Seven out of the 10 teams in the Big 12 I got going to bowl games. The ones that are not going to bowl games, it's going to be a close call for Baylor. Um, they're going to have to, you know, have that, they're going to have to probably get over 500 to get to a bowl game. And I got Texas Tech Raiders are not making it. And of course, I don't have Kansas going to a bowl game. Okay, so now it's time to talk about one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Big 10. 
And let's start out with um, the Big Ten East. And who is going to win the Big Ten East? And I have it going to Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Ryan Day, 23-2 and two in two-plus seasons uh, for the Buckeyes. And um, there's no way around it. You know, at Ohio State, they have an unsettled quarterback situation, um, which is one of the most intriguing storylines. Um, but I think, you know, obviously Justin Fields is gone. I think Ryan Day, you know, just announced recently it's going to be um, C.J. Stroud is going to take over and be the quarterback, at least initially, right? We'll see how he does for Ohio State. So last year, Ohio State was 7-1. and They were undefeated 5-0 and in the, in the Big Ten. And um, they went undefeated going into uh, that Alabama game on January 11th. And, um, you know, they ended up dropping that one and to 52 to 24. I mean, it was just too much. Alabama was just too much, right? So that was in uh, the uh, playoffs and just just real tough for them. But, you know, they started out, they only they only had five. Uh, they were five and zero oh in the Big Ten, you know, and then they and then they went and cl they played Clemson. In the uh, first playoff game, and, and beat them forty-nine to twenty-eight, and then lost to uh, Alabama um, by the score of fifty-two to, to twenty-four, and you know that's that was it. After that, this year, you know their schedule, um, same kind of schedule they had. Nothing really, you know. They got Oregon, which is going to be a tough game, September eleventh. So that's going to be the one out of conference game that's going to be real big, but. In terms of playing in their conference, they're in their division. They got Penn State on October 30th. And then on November 27th, the last game of the year, as always, at Michigan. A Buckeye who is returning this year, Chris Olave. You know, it was a, a surprise decision for him to hang in there for one more year. But he but he did. Uh, left tackle, Thayer Munford, one of the best. He's a reliable force on that offensive line. And Haskell Garrett. Uh, one of college football's uh, best defensive uh, line linemen. He's a defensive tackle, so he's one of the best. And he really can do basically everything. He can stop the run, and he can go get the quarterback, too. Um, great on reading plays, and, and he's just going to be fantastic for Ohio State. He, he was last year. He will be this year. And um, whoever, you know, whoever ends up, you know, it's going to start out with C.J. Stroud, and hopefully C.J. Stroud for Ohio State can just take that job and, and finish it to the end. Um, but whoever the quarterback's going to be, they're going to have pass. Uh, they're going to have some sturdy pass protection. They've got weapons in all directions. And, you know, Ryan Day and uh, offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson really knows how to uh, call plays over there. But how well the Buckeyes navigate uh, this season and try to get to another national championship game is going to depend on the defense. You know, solving the mystery of special teams. You know, last year they had some trouble with special teams. You know, um, they need a little bit more of a sizzle, if I can say that, on special teams. And they may need that to get to the college football championship. But in any event, I have Ohio State going undefeated in the Big Ten. You know, like I said, they're going to have a tough game against Penn State and Michigan. But I think they're going to get over that. And I think they're also going to beat Oregon on September 11th. Um, and I think, you know, they're going to go undefeated into the uh, college football playoffs.
So let's look at how the rest of the division is going to go. This is the Big Ten East. I like Penn State, the Nittany Lions in second. Um, right there with the Indiana Hoosiers in third. I think Indiana's going to have a great season. Then I have Michigan with Jim Harbaugh at fourth place, and that's not going to be good enough, I don't think, for him to keep his job. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, he's there. He's, you know, and I know people are getting frustrated frustrated with him. Fifth, I've got Maryland, right? And then sixth, I've got Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights. And number seven, in last place, is Sparty, the Michigan State Spartans. Now, in that in that uh, East Division of the Big Ten, I have five teams going to uh, bowl games. And, of course, I already indicated Ohio State college football playoffs. I think Penn State goes to the Outback Bowl. And then after that, I've got Indiana, Michigan, and, uh, Mar and Maryland. Maryland and Terrapins are going to go bowling. And who's not going to go bowling is Rutgers and Michigan State. So let's take a peek at the Big Ten West. And who do I have winning the Big Ten West? I have the Wisconsin Badgers winning the Big Ten West. Paul, Chris, the coach, 56, 56 and 19 in six years with the Badgers. And um, last year, the Badgers had a little bit of a tough stretch. It was a shortened season, of course. Their record was 4-3. and three. They were 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten, and they had three consecutive losses in the middle of the season at Northwestern, 17-7. to seven. Um, They lost to Indiana the following week on December 5th, 14-16, and then lost at Iowa on December 12th, 28 to 7 and the deal there was you know the offense not scoring enough points obviously this year um tough games on september 25th notre dame on october 2nd michigan and at the end of the year uh, november 27th they're at minnesota which should, should be a pretty tough one too um but you know this team you know with a bevy of juniors and seniors uh, opted, you know, to return to Madison instead of making the leap to the NFL was a good thing for Wisconsin. And those players are going to be crucial in keeping the Badgers defense among the top 10, you know, in the nation in scoring and total yards allowed as, you know, their offense now is improving. Uh, it's going to, it's going to have to improve. And I think it, it, it's improving as the season went a little bit, you know, in the middle of the season, they were having problems. It got a little bit better. And I think, you know, next year they're going to be a little bit better as well. Um, so we'll see what goes on. You know, they got Graham Mertz as their quarterback. He's a sophomore. Um, he struggled, you know, he struggled, you know, but we'll see what happens with him. Hopefully, you know, he'll turn it around and be, and be better this year. But this team is led by Jalen Berger, the running back. He led the Badgers with 301 yard, yards rushing in only four games. Look for him to become, you know, more involved as a receiving threat this season. And look out for their tight end, Jake Ferguson. He's a good one. Um, he's returning for his senior season. And, um, you know, he, he's a guy to look out for. And on defense, Jack Sanborn, after, you know, after passing out a chance to go pro, um, Sandberg's back and, again, leads the team in defense and posting uh, 52 uh, total tackles last season. And I expect him to do this, you know, to do the same or better this year. The Badgers' chances at winning the Big Ten West and perhaps making their first appearance in the college football uh, playoff appearance really rests with the quarterback, Graham Mertz. Um, he's got an experienced defense, and uh, he's got a good coach there with Chris. 
And Mertz should have what it takes to take the next step forward, and but he's got to avoid the turnovers um, that doomed you know, the Badgers last year in those losses to Northwestern and Indiana uh, last season. And you know, Wisconsin really needs Mertz, and Mertz needs this himself, right, to elevate some, some of the new faces they're going to have on offense too. So big season for, for Mertz, and I think Mertz will get it done. I think they're going to um, go 7-2 in the Big Ten and win the uh, Big Ten West. So let's look real quick at the rest of the Big Ten uh, West Division. Second place, I got the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're going to put some pressure on Wisconsin. I got them second. I've got the Minnesota Golden Gophers in third. Fourth place in the Western Division, the Northwestern Wildcats. Fifth place, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Sixth place, the Purdue Boilermakers. And seventh place, the Illinois Fighting Illini. But you know how it goes. You know how it goes in the... Um, the Big Ten, I've got 10, 10 out of 14 teams in the Big Ten going to going to bowl games. And again, i got Ohio State going to the college football playoffs. I've got Wisconsin going to the Rose Bowl because I have Ohio State beating Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. And the four teams I don't have going bowling are Rutgers, Michigan State, Purdue, and Illinois. Okay, so now it's time to move to Conference USA for the Conference USA preview. And let's move to the Conference USA East. And who do I predict to win the Conference USA East? And it's the Marshall Thundering Herd. The Marshall Thundering Herd, led by first-year coach Charles Huff. Last season... Um, Marshall was seven and three, four and one in Conference USA, and um, they started out fantastic, winning one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven straight wins, and then dropping their last three, um, losing the uh, USA Championship game to uh, the UAB Blazers, twenty-two to thirteen, and then dropping the Camellia Bowl. To Buffalo, seventeen to ten, but now they got a now they got Charles Huff coaching them. Um, so we'll look at their schedule real quick. Um, looking pretty good, pretty good schedule for them. You know, obviously they're playing Conference USA teams, and uh, they're going to have a tough game on November sixth at Florida Atlantic. That should be pretty tough for them. But um, you know, I'm real real excited to watch Marshall this year. I think they're going to have an explosive offense under. Uh, Charles Huff and it's all going to be based on the quarterback they have on, and on the arm really of Grant Wells who threw for 2,091 yards and 18 touchdowns in 2020 um, they're going to be taking advantage of that of that passing attack they've got great receivers the offensive line returns um, all intact from last year with the exception of Josh Ball uh, who got drafted um believe by the Cowboys and nine returning offensive starters all in all. So that's really fantastic for the thundering herd. And, um, you know, there is really a high ceiling for them and really they're it's, it's their, um, conference USA East to lose. Um, the herds returning talent from a team that was ranked in the top 15 at one point 
last year in 2020 is back and they may, you know, they should be in the top 20 uh, this year. And again, if, if Wells can return to the form that saw, you know, him lead Marshall to a 7-0 record in a, ninth, in, a, in a number 15 ranking, um, really the sky's the limit for the herd. However, if he struggles, as he did in the final three games, a quarterback Grant Wells, then um, everything's up for grabs. But regardless, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be an exciting, and it's going to be a great watch over there in uh, Huntington, West Virginia, to watch the Marshall Thundering Herd. We are Marshall. Let's take a look at the... Conference USA West. And who do I predict to win? Conference USA West. It's the UAB Blazers, um, led by Coach Bill Clark, who's been there for five years and has a 40-22 and 22 record. Last year, the Blazers were 6-3, and 3-1 three, three and one in Conference USA, um, and um, winning um, the USA Championship over Marshall 22-13 last season. Uh, tough losses last year was to Miami. They lost 31-14 in Miami. Lost 24-20 um, to 20 to Louisiana. And uh, lost to uh, La Tech um, in overtime, 37-34. to 34, But had that great win against Marshall in the uh, Conference USA Championship. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. They won Conference USA uh, by the score of 22-13 again over Marshall. And... Um, Going to be an exciting watch this year. Again, you know, um, they're going to be at Marshall on November 13th, and they're going to be at UTSA on November 20th. So I think they're going to be coasting along pretty well, the Blazers, until they get the month of until they get to the month of November, where they got back to back games at Marshall and at UTSA, and that's going to be their challenge. Um, UAB has 12 seniors who took, you know, advantage of um, the extra year of eligibility. Uh, allotted by the NCAA rules, and they're going to have 16 guys uh, starting last year that are going to be back. The team is loaded. The expectations are high. Um, excitement at uh, Blazer at Blazer uh, at Protective Stadium where the Blazers play. There's going to be excitement all season. And um, another interesting game they're going to have too. I didn't mention, and I will now is Liberty on October 2nd. So they get by Liberty. Probably going to run the table all the way to those two tough games against at Marshall on November 13th and at UTSA on November 20th. But I have them going, um, you know, I have them winning Conference USA uh, West and uh, they're going to play Marshall in the. So I have UAB going to the Conference USA championship game against Marshall and I have UAB over Marshall and I have UAB winning Conference USA. Let's look at the conference at large, and we'll go to the East Division. And uh, I like Marshall again, number one in the East. Number two, I like uh, the Florida Atlantic Owls. Number three, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Number four, the Charlotte 49ers. And I think all four of those teams are going to be going to bowl games. Fifth, Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Sixth, the FIU Panthers. And seventh, the Old Dominion Monarchs. In the Conference USA West Division, I like the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs in second. I like, Of course, I like UAB winning, like I mentioned. They're going to win Conference USA. 
Second, I like the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Um, third, I like the UTSA Roadrunners. And I think the Blazers, of course, the UTSA and uh, Louisiana Tech will all make bowl games. Then in fourth place, I like North Texas Mean Green. Fifth place, Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Sixth place, the Rice Owls. And in last place, the UTEP Miners. All right, so now we're going to move over to the MAC. And we're going to do the MAC preview. And we're going to start with the East uh, Division of the MAC. And who do I like in the MAC East Division? I like the Buffalo Bulls. The Buffalo Bulls. Not the Buffalo Braves, not the Buffalo Bills, but the Buffalo Bulls. Uh, I like them to win the uh, MAC East under coach Lance Leopold, who's 37 and 33. In six years, last year, great season for Buffalo. They were uh, six and one, five and zero oh in the MAC, and um, they ended up winning the uh, Camellia Bowl against Marshall uh, last year, uh, seventeen to ten. And um, you know they they had one loss, and that was to Ball State um, on December eighteenth by a score of thirty eight to twenty eight. And I remember that game; it was a good one. This schedule this year, uh, two toughies. Like October 16th, they're playing uh, Ohio Bobcats. And on November 23rd, last game of the year, they're at Ball State. So that's going to be a tough one. Uh, Ball State's always tough uh, when they play Buffalo and, and Ball State's at home, right? So this offense, um, you know, just scores points. Second rate, second ranked rushing attack, and they can really run the football. Um Buffalo was in the top 25 for the first time last season in rushing. Kevin Marks Jr. is going to carry the ball, uh, carry the load, uh, so to speak. And, um, you know, the guy can really um, the guy can really run the football. Last year, he was the MVP of the Camellia Bowl. Um, averaged 106 yards per game on 6.6 yards per carry as a junior. Um, so, you know, just great running attack led by um, led by Kevin Marks Jr. Four starters are returning on off on the offensive line, so that's good. Buffalo has gone twelve and three and averaged thirty nine points per game since quarterback Kevin Van Treese took the reins. Right, so on defense, a dozen players with starting experience and five with all MAC credentials are returning to uh, to the to Buffalo, you know, they're back this year. So that's going to be great for them too. Bulls head coach Lance Leopold, you know, he's built a consistent winner in six seasons. But Buffalo needs to win the MAC title, you know. And, and, and the two trips to the championship game, you know, they did not, uh, they, they were not successful. But this could be their year. So look out, maybe uh, Buffalo gets a MAC trophy. Let's move to the MAC West. Who do I like in the MAC West? Of course, I like the Toledo Rockets, led by Coach Jason Candle, 38 and 21, five seasons plus there with uh, Toledo. And uh, last year, Toledo was four and two, four and two in the MAC. That's all they had were, were MAC games last year. They they lost to Western Michigan, November 11th, and then lost to Ball State, 27 to 24 on November 28th. Um, that's Toledo. So I, I like Toledo. And they got experience. They got people returning at every position. Um, 
you know, they've got Eli Peters, you know, who left Toledo with a full-blown, uh, you know, injury, um, nagging injury. So Peters is out. Now the Rockets look to Carter Bradley, who made a couple of starts in 2020 uh, to battle with Tucker Gleason along the way there. So I think he's going to get the starting the starting nod there. The, the, the line returns all five starters on the offensive line. And uh, two-time all-conference center Bryce Harris uh, is back. The defense, the defense is loaded. It's bringing, you know, basically everybody back from last season. And, um, you know, it was real tough last year for Toledo. They had a pair of three-point defeats that kept the Rockets from making the conference championship game, you know, last year. But the roster is back. They have experience at every position. And, um, you know, they're going to get a stern test at Notre Dame on um, on September 11th. Um, but, you know, that's going to help them. I think the Notre Dame game will straighten them out real well and they'll see what they have and what they need to improve on. They're going to have some tough games along the way. September 25th at Ball State, October 30th, Western Michigan, and November 16th at Ohio. But I like the, Tol the Toledo Rockets to win the uh, MAC West. So let's look at the MAC again. I like the Buffalo Bulls in the East. I like the Toledo uh, Rockets in the West, and I like Buffalo. Buffalo finally, you know, winning the MAC. I have Buffalo beating Toledo, and Buffalo is the MAC winner. Going over to the East Division, uh, you know, Buffalo wins the East. I like the Kent State Golden Flashes uh, in second. Ohio Bobcats in third. The Miami Redhawks in fourth, the Akron Zips and um, fifth, and then Bowling Green sixth. In the um, in the West Division of the MAC, I like Toledo Rockets, like I said, winning the division. I like Ball State, the Ball State Cardinals in second. I like um, the Western uh, Michigan Broncos in third. I like the Eastern Michigan Eagles in fourth. Central Michigan uh, Chippewas in fifth, and then the Northern Illinois Husky in last place. Okay, so now it's time to move over to the Mountain West, and we're going to first talk about the Mountain West Mountain uh, winner, and that is Boise State, the Boise State Broncos, uh, led by Andy Alavos, uh, Avalos in his first season with Boise State. Last year, they were 5-2, and two, the Broncos, um, losing to BYU on November 6th, and then losing the Las Vegas Bowl to San Jose State, 34-20. Um, um, so that's, that, that's the Broncos. And uh, this year, a couple tough ones. October 2nd against Nevada. Look out for that one. And November 13th versus uh, Wyoming. Um those are the conference toughies. They also play Oklahoma State, which will be a tough one, right, on September 18th. But the Broncos, you know, finished number one in scoring in the Mountain West uh, with a 33.9 points per game uh, last season. And a lot of talent back. Uh, they should be in that position again to score a ton of points. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer um, has been solid, you know, for, for the Broncos. Not super spectacular, but solid. And um, he's going to get some uh, competition this year from Jake Sears, who is a USC transfer. The, the Broncos returned four starters on the offensive line, which is key for them. Um, the Broncos 
had only two interceptions last season, so the secondary has to get better, and um, that might help, right? That might help bringing in Andy Avalos because, um, you know, he likes his defense there, right? So, all in all, Avalos, you know, again, in his first season as head coach, but 16 returning starters are going to help Avalos um, adjust. The offense has weapons, but needs to play up to its potential. And the defense really needs to force some turnovers. And that and that was the problem a little bit last year in the secondary. Not enough interceptions, not enough big plays on defense. So maybe this is the year that'll happen for Boise State. The schedule's difficult, but uh, that might be good for them that the schedule's difficult because it might bring out the best in Boise State. But I got Boise State winning the Mountain West uh, Mountain Division. Let's talk about um, the Mountain West West Division. Who do I like there? I like the Nevada Wolfpack uh, to win that one under uh, Jay Norville, who's 25 and 22 in his four seasons in Nevada. Last year, uh, they came out strong. They won their first five games and then lost to uh, Hawaii in Hawaii, 24 to 21, and uh, ended up on December 11th losing to San Jose State, but won the famous Idaho Potato Bowl against Tulane, uh, 38 to 27 last season. And Jay Norville, you know, this year is looking for his pack attack, we'll call it, to take another, you know, leap forward in 2021. And they should with 10 starters returning and uh, junior quarterback Carson Strong. Strong, you know, won the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. He had 27 touchdowns and just four interceptions and really kind of put himself on the NFL radar as well. Their defense is led by two-time all-conference lineman Dom Peterson, who who returns for his senior season. Uh, Nevada's all-senior defensive front should be uh, the strength of coordinator Brian Ward's defense. And, um, you know, the Wolfpack should should challenge in the West Division title with points alone. And if you put the defense in there with them, they should win it. And, uh, you know, they have to get the defense going. I think they will. The schedule's tough with road games at Kansas State, uh, Cal, Boise State, and San Diego State. But um, I think that the Wolfpack will prevail and win the, uh, the uh, Mountain West West Division. So let's go back and look. Let's go back and look here at um, the Midwest Conference again in the Mountain Division. Of course, I like Boise State. And, and in the West, I like Nevada. But I like Boise State winning the Mountain West Championship game, Boise State, right? So Boise State's one in the Mountain Division. Number two, I like um, the Air Force Falcons uh, to get the number two spot there. The number three spot goes to the Wyoming Cowboys. Fourth, Colorado State Rams. Fifth, New Mexico uh, Lobos. And sixth, the Utah State Aggies. In the in the West, uh, behind uh, Nevada, I like San Jose, uh, the San Jose State Spartans. I like the Fresno State Bulldogs. I like the San Diego State Aztecs to get fourth. Hawaii Rainbow Warriors fifth. And in last place, the UNLV Rebels. And um, in terms of bowl games, I think you're going to get three out of the Mountain West. That's going to Boise State, Wyoming, and Frisk in uh, Air Force. And uh, in, the, um, in the West Division, I like four teams getting in there, Nevada, San Jose State, Fresno State, and uh, San Diego State, I think all getting bowl games.
Now it's time to turn our attention to the Pac-12, and we're going to start in the Pac-12 North. Who is going to win the Pac-12 North? And I believe it's going to be the Oregon Ducks. Mario Cristobal, 25 and 10 in three plus seasons uh, for the Ducks. Last year, the Ducks were four and three, three and two in the Pac-12, suffering a couple losses there, and one you never want to you never want to lose to uh, Oregon State, if you're Oregon, obviously. They lost that one 41-38. And uh, they lost the following week uh, to California. And um, they ended up losing the um, the Fiesta Bowl to Iowa State, 37-14 after winning um, the uh, Pac-12 championship game, but uh, over USC 31-24. So up and down kind of year there for Oregon, obviously not a full season due to COVID-19 uh, uh, this year. They've got that big game on September 11th uh, against Ohio State. And boy, they need that. They need that so bad um, to get into the college football championship. They need that game. They also have a tough one November 6th, always tough at Washington. And they're in another tough one at the end of the year at Utah. So that, that'll be a tough one. But uh, armed, you know, again, with another top 10 recruiting class, Heavy on offensive talent. Uh, Crystal Ball is, uh, you know, ready to take the Ducks into the college football playoffs if they can get there, right? Running back C.J. Verdell and receivers Johnny, Johnny Johnson the third, Jalen Red, you know, are all coming back. They decided to come back instead of testing the draft. You know, Verdell had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 2018 and 2019. He's got to stay healthy on defense. Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, um, three sacks as a sophomore in 2020 and was voted the Pac-12 defensive lineman uh, by the conference's offensive lineman. And, And this guy just keeps getting better and better. Morris Trophy winner. Uh, as Pac-12's top defensive lineman. He's very disruptive, and um, I think the guy's going to be a great NFL player. And um, we'll see. You know, the Ducks really need it this year. They they, they need the Pac-12 North, you know, uh, division championship, which I think they will get. But this is a team that really needs a college football championship. The Pac-12 needs to get somebody in there. It's been a while. Um, you know, the recruiting classes have been good for three years in a row. And really, they just need to break through here, and um, we'll see if they can get it done. Now let's take a look at the Pac-12 South, and um, this is going to be interesting. My pick in the Pac-12 South this year is the Arizona State Sun Devils, led by Herman Edwards, who's 17-13 and 13 in his three seasons there. Last year, real small slate. They had four games last year, two and two. Um, they, they lost to USC, then they came back and lost to UCLA, but then they beat Arizona, uh, 70 to seven on December 11th. And then December 19th, uh, they beat Oregon state 46 to 33 this year, a couple interesting games, September 18th or at BYU, um, tough games at Utah, October 16th, November 6th, USC. Uh, and then the following week at Washington. So that's going to be tough back-to-back there, USC and Washington. But uh, I think they are going to win the um, the Pac-12 South. Um, you know, this is their best opportunity to challenge 
for this uh, divisional championship and the Pac-12 championship in general. And, um, you know, second-year offensive coordinator Zach Hill um, believes that Jaden Daniels, the quarterback, underperformed in 2020, but also believes things are better uh, coming for him in uh, 2021. He's more comfortable with the scheme. He's got more seasoned receivers. Uh, on defense, the Sun Devils led the Pac-12 in points allowed at 23.2, averaged the most takeaways per game, and finished second in passing efficiency defense, uh, which are all you know important indicators for a solid defense that you know can get you a uh, at least get you that uh, Pac-12 South championship. Um, you know this appears again to be the most experienced, most talented team that Arizona State has had in a long time, maybe going all the way back to the Rose Bowl of 1996. And um, the beginning of the schedule, you know, Southern Utah, UNLV, BYU, Colorado, you know, they get off to a good start there with those games. And, um, you know, anything less, really, I believe right now, I mean, anything less than winning the Pac-12 South uh, would be a disappointment for Arizona State. But I think they are going to win the Pac-12 Pac South, uh, Pac South division. So in the Pac-12 championship game, I have Oregon and Arizona State, and I've got Oregon winning the Pac-12 championship. Back to the North division, obviously Oregon is one. Number two, I have the Washington Huskies. Number three, I've got the California Golden Bears. Number five, um, number four, excuse me, I got Stanford. And... Um, Number five, I got the Oregon State Beavers, and and then last, I've got the Washington State Cougars. In the um, South Division, Arizona State, number one. Number two, I got USC. Number three, I got the Utah Utes. Number four, I got the UCLA Bruins. Then I have the Colorado Buffaloes, and last place, Arizona Wildcats. So I have seven team, seven teams out of uh, twelve going to bowl games. Uh, I got Arizona State going to the Alamo Bowl. And Oregon, unfortunately for Oregon, again, no uh, championship game, I don't think. I don't think they're going to make the, cha the, the – I'm sorry, the college football playoffs. I don't think they're going to make them. But they're going to go to – they're going to go to uh, to the Rose Bowl and probably play Wisconsin. But I do think Washington will be bowling. California will be bowling. USC, Utah, and uh, UCLA will all be bowling. Uh, this year. Okay, so now it's time to talk about the beast. The beast in college football, as we all know, is the SEC, right? So we're going to start with the SEC East. And who is going to win the SEC East? And this is really no surprise. I have the Georgia Bulldogs uh, winning the um, SEC East. And uh, why not, right? Kirby Smart, 52 and 14 in five years at, at Georgia. Just, just fantastic, fantastic uh, production since he's been there from the Georgia Bulldogs. They've been really good since he's arrived in Athens, uh, Athens, Georgia. Smart's sixth team at UGA, you know, should be led by this offense they got, which returns 11 starters while the defense is talented, but at the same time is retooling just a little bit in the secondary. Um, special teams are very good and, um, you know, probably the best since Smart has been there. And, you know, that's looking real good. Last year, 
They're eight and two, seven and two in the SEC. You know, on October 17th last year, they had that tough loss. You know, really got completely manhandled by Alabama. But who who doesn't get out? Who doesn't get manhandled by Alabama? Losing 41 to 24. Then they lost it to Florida, 44 to 28, and they went on uh, to have you know success at the end, winning their last four uh, games and um, beating you know beating Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl, 24 to 21, and you know good good performance last year from the Bulldogs. This year, once again, you know they're going to be in the hunt all the way through this, right? Um, just Fantastic game, September 4th. This is Can't Miss, Can't Miss TV here. September 4th um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, they're playing Clemson. And then later on in the year, they got the tough one, as always, against Florida um, on October 30th. So that'll be something to watch. But um, the offense, the offense, again, is solid. Todd Munkin is entering his second season as the OC. And this time he had a full sp- you know, spring to help get this unit ready. He's got fourth-year junior uh, quarterback JT Daniels, um, who you know really came on last year, really got the offense uh, going late last season. Um, Georgia has had just four 300-yard passing performances under Smart before Daniels did it twice in his four starts. Right, so. Only four starts last year, but all four starts for JT, JT Daniels were wins for Georgia. Zamir White, you know, added to that incredible comeback story after tearing ACLs in both of his knees in his, in, during high school. Um, so that's a guy to look out for. And on defense, you know, Georgia's in good hands on defense. They have plenty of experience on the line. The interior is talented as any in the country, led by senior nose tackle Jordan Davis. The Bulldogs are big. They're athletic in the trenches. Real tough. Um, real tough, right? So Georgia's offense, again, loaded with talent. Um, Munkin and Smart, are, you're going to see these two guys. What a great combination, offensive coordinator and a coach this year. Defense is going to be stout against the run. Um, but again, the secondary is a little young. I'm not saying they're going to be terrible, but that's, you know, if you have, if you have to start looking at something that might be a weak link there, it might be the secondary. Um, so the Bulldogs are going to have to score early and often, which I think they will. So I have the Bulldogs winning the uh, SEC East. Okay, so let's take a look at the SEC West and who is going to win the ACC? I'm sorry, the SEC West, and of course, it's going to be the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban, 170 and 23 in 14 years, right now at uh, Alabama. Uh, last year was just an unbelievable season for Alabama. 13 and 0, 10 and 0 in the SEC. Some unbelievable wins in the SEC. Beat it, beat beat Texas A&M 52 to 24 on October 3rd. Then beat Georgia. 41 to 24 on October 17th, and then beat Mississippi State 41 to nothing on Halloween. And it just kept getting, you know, as the season went on, they just kept getting better. Beat LSU at LSU 55 to 17. Arkansas 52 to 13. I mean, just they just rolled, you know. In the uh, SEC championship game, they played Florida and beat Florida 52 to 46. 
in the college football playoff on January 1st. They beat Notre Dame 31-14, of and of course they won the national championship over Ohio State 52-24. to So it was just a magnificent season last year. And this year, we'll talk about them a little bit, you know, uh, lost some players, but it's still Alabama, right? It's still Nick Saban. It's still the, it's still um, continuity there, player personnel, recruiting. It's all, it's all there, right? So they got some interesting games as they do every year. They're opening up September fourth um, in Atlanta against the Miami Hurricanes. September eighteenth, they have to go to Florida to play the Gators. On October 9th, they have to go to um, they have to play Texas A and M on their home field, the twelfth man there. LSU at home November 6th, and of course the final game every year against Auburn. This time it's at Auburn, so tough schedule. It's been a decade, you know, since Alabama has won back-to-back national championships. Um, a great deal of the success of the, you know, of the 2011-2012 teams could be, you know, attributed to continuity. Um, that's how they got the back-to-back. If the Crimson Tide are going to try to go back-to-back. What they have to do is um, do it under, you know, a new new assistant coaches and a new starter and new starters uh, at certain positions entering the uh, season. New offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, new defensive coordinator Pete Golding. So, uh, But Nick Saban's there, right? And as long as Nick Saban's there, you know, obviously the Bama's going to be um, the toughest team to beat in the nation. Nobody... Nobody in on that Bama team is going to you know, be looked at any more than um, Bryant, Bryce Young, the quarterback, um, expected to take over the offensive reins as a sophomore. And uh, he's got John Meachie the third, who's there uh, to catch his passes. Should get more opportunities now since uh, Devonta Smith has moved on to the NFL. The defense, of course, is always solid. It'll be solid again. Um, their, their running rush defense is great. They can defend. Um, Christopher Allen and uh, Will Anderson Jr. are returning after finishing first and second, first and third in um, in tackles. Um, so the defense is going to be ready to go. And if they can get some playmakers, you know, we didn't talk about the running backs, but trust me, the running backs are going to be there. Whoever it is, they will be there for Alabama. They'll have a plethora of running back options like they always do. So they're going to score points again. The defense should be should be well, but the question becomes, you know, when they get into the big games, when they get into the SEC championship game, and if they make the playoffs, you know, Bill O'Brien's ability to get Bama there, um, you know, will be front and center. So there's a lot of pressure on Bill O'Brien taking over this offense. But uh, we've seen this offense gel numerous seasons for numerous times under different individuals. So I suspect Alabama will be there for the long haul. So that leaves us with only one more conference to talk about, and that is the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt Conference, right? Last but not least. They got an East Division and a West Division. In the East Division, I like the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And in the West, I like the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, right? Um, And I like Louisiana over Coastal Carolina to win the Sun Belt uh, Championship. A couple games to look out for October 12th. Appalachian State, which they have right up there with Coastal Carolina in the Eastern Division. They're at um, Louisiana, and that, that'll be a good one. And then October 20th, you got Coastal Carolina at Appalachian State. And then October 21st, the next day, Louisiana at Arkansas 
uh, Arkansas State. So don't forget about Don't sleep on the Sun Belt. The games are fun. They're interesting to watch. If you can, check out those games in particular. Again, on October 12th, App State, Louisiana. October 20th, App State, Coastal Carolina. And October 21st, Louisiana at Arkansas State. Check those games out. So that's it. We walked through all the conferences, gave you all the conference division winners and all the conference winners, right? So let's talk about the college football playoffs. Who is going to make the college football playoffs? Well, I have Alabama representing the SEC, and I have them squaring off against the Ohio State Buckeyes. This game, I got them either going in the Orange Bowl game or the Cotton Bowl game. Uh, one of the two, but it's the national semifinal. I think, of course, Alabama will find a way to win the SEC, and Ohio State will find a way to win the um, the Big 12 uh, championship. So they're going to square off against the, against one another in one of the national semifinal games. And then in the other national semifinal game, I have uh, Clemson uh, getting back there again. And this time, they're going to be playing Oklahoma. And uh, Spencer Rattler gets Oklahoma into the uh, playoff game. So left out in the cold once again is the Pac-12, and left out in the cold will be that Cincinnati team that we talked about as well, right? So I have um, Alabama beating Ohio State uh, in the national semifinal, and I've got um, Oklahoma. There it is. Oklahoma's knocking off Clemson, and I have Oklahoma and Alabama playing in the national championship, and guess what happens? Yes, Alabama wins the national championship and gets their back-to-back -back national championship. Some other great bowl games. The Rose Bowl, Wisconsin and Oregon will be in the Rose Bowl. Um, I like Oregon to win the Rose Bowl in that game. The Sugar Bowl, I've got Georgia, who will lose to um, Alabama in the SEC championship game. And I've got Iowa State, the runner-up to Oklahoma in the Big 12. That should be a, a great game. I got Georgia beating up Iowa State in that one. Then at the Peach Bowl, Little old North Carolina, right? North Carolina, who I had in the ACC winning the Coastal Conference Division. They're going to be playing in the Peach Bowl against Florida, who is the second runner-up in the SEC East. And then at the Fiesta game, Fiesta Bowl, going to be interesting. It could be Notre Dame. It could be Texas A&M. But I think they're going to play Cincinnati. And um, I think Cincinnati is going to win themselves a Fiesta Bowl this year. So those are... Uh, some interesting ball games along the way to, to check out again, right? So time to close up shop here at uh, at the Fan Man Podcast. So it's been great. Like I said, I didn't mention Notre Dame too much here, right? But we're going to have a Notre Dame podcast, and we have plenty of time, and we will plenty of time to focus on the Notre Dame football season, which we will do very shortly. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fan Man Podcast. You can check out the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. Thanks again. Check out our Twitter page at the underscore fan underscore man underscore and tell me what you think.